not just about saving money, like having a cash cushion, having money set aside in cash for those emergencies that are going to happen for the tire that needs to be replaced um, for just in case you do lose your job. I needed to also have something so that I could fund my own freedom and yes. buy my time. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I realized, okay, saving money is good. You got to start saving some money, putting some cash aside and not spending every dollar you earn. <laughs> but also uh, the component that I was missing was that wealth building. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. This is Dr. G. And today we have Wally. Wally is going to tell us all about herself and what she is up to. Take it away, Wally. Yeah. Hi, Dr. G. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here and talk to you. So my name is Wally Miller, and I'm the founder of Financially Thriving Money Coaching. Um, I am a financial coach. I mainly work with millennials, Gen Zers, uh, who can't imagine having to work for the next 20 to 30 to 40 years. Uh, So I help um, them create a pathway to financial independence. It's about going beyond feeling financially secure and actually financially thriving. So I'm excited about having this conversation because I know you've had a journey in the last uh, year or so about really trying to take control of your finances. And it is a a concept and it's um, uh, something that I'm really passionate about. Awesome. Yes, that is something I'm also very interested in and um, been working towards the multiple stream of income situation that allows for you to have freedom to decide to retire if you want to or continue working just because you love it. (laughs) Yeah, I like to use the term work optional. um, Right. I think particularly um, our generation, like It's not about sitting on a beach and not doing anything, but it's about being able to choose what we do with our time, whether it's spending more time with our family, building a business, or, you know, taking sort of these life breaks, right? These short sabbaticals where we can just uh, decompress and just enjoy life and enjoy everything that this world has to offer. Yeah, no, that's so important, uh, particularly when we are faced with the stressors that we're facing. (laughs) Um, So yeah, tell us, how did you, um, how did you get involved in this? Yeah. So I started, my story is that I spent my twenties, increasing my income and increasing how much money I spent. (laughs) So the more money I made, 
Okay. The more money I spent, right? I decided to get a nicer car, upgraded my apartment. I started eating out more, going on vacation more. And that all sounds good and fun until I realized um, that I didn't really have a whole lot to show for all of the money that I had made, right? So mm. I was sort of in this paycheck to paycheck cycle where if I skipped one, maybe two paychecks, I was going to be in real big trouble, right? I was going to lose what I had worked for. And so that was when I realized that I needed to really sort of change what I was doing because I didn't really understand that I was not building wealth. I under, you know, I didn't have anything to show for the money that I was making. And, you know, for being in my twenties and I was a relatively, you know, uh, made a, a decent income, right? Um, I lived in a high cost of living city and I mm. still do. But yeah. even with that being said, like I didn't really have the, um, you know, the amount of money that I was making didn't re wasn't reflected in my bank accounts, right? So mm. by the time the day before my paycheck came, I was pretty close to zero. And then it was like, okay, now time to get paid, pay the bills and then spend money. And so that was when I realized that I needed to make a shift. Another thing happened. Um, and I, I know you could relate to this a little bit. I really enjoyed the type of work that I was doing. I felt a lot of fulfillment, but I was like, wow, I am going to have to do this not for another 10 years, not another 15, but I'm going to have to do this for a few decades. I'm going to have to do this for a really long time. And that was a scary thought mm -hmm. to think that something that I loved, even though I loved it, I was like, wow, that's a lot of time to dedicate to someone else, to dedicate to something else. And so that was when I realized, okay, it's not just about saving money, like having a cash cushion, having money set aside in cash for those emergencies that are going to happen for the tire that needs to be replaced um, for just in case you do lose your job. I needed to also have something so that I could fund my own freedom and yes. buy my time. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I realized, okay, saving money is good. You got to start saving some money, putting some cash aside and not spending every dollar you earn, <laughs> but also uh, the component that I was missing was that wealth building. And I will say, I don't know about you, but I didn't even relate to that term wealth. I was like, when I thought about that term wealth, I thought about like an older man in a velvet robe smoking a cigar. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, that's not really the life that I want. But it was because there was such a huge disconnect. And, and part of that is part of my background, right? Like I'm born in, I'm a Latina. I'm born and raised in the Bronx. I'm daughter of immigrants, uh, the first generation college student. And we didn't really have conversations around money. We didn't talk about balancing a checkbook, creating savings account, learning to invest. We just didn't talk about money in that way, right? Money was really like you pay bills. And if you have money left over, <laughs> then you try to have a little bit of fun, right? And that was my full concept of money. Yeah, I think that is a, a very... Um relatable story, right? I mean, because a lot of people don't talk about money as they're growing up. Um, you know, like, for example, like I am, I am like you, the first to graduate college and to go to advanced degree in, you know, in my immediate family. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting thing, because you are, you know, she, my mom did an amazing job with what she had, like she, 
I don't know how she did this, but we grew up in New York City and she made like $15,000 a year, which is like nuts to me. But she still was able to make sure that we had a roof over her head and she made sure we had good food to eat and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, there was never extra money around. There was never like, you know, there was always, even though she was really good with what she had, there was always that, you know, she just never had that surplus to be able to even think about saving or think about investing. And it's, it's funny because she has a very entrepreneurial spirit and she had it when we were in Jamaica too, because in Jamaica, like, if you're like in the middle class, which, which you were, and you're in the bottom part of the middle class, at the time when we were there, the currency was um, five to one, okay? And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, um, but it was a lot because when I was born in the, in the 70s, it was one to one. And so, you know, it was much more powerful and um, equivalent. And then it just started to decline over the years. And so she had to do other additional things. Like she had to like sell oranges out of her trunk. So she'd like go five o'clock in the morning, go down to the farm, get the oranges. She'd be there in her high heel shoes, like selling the oranges out of her trunk before, before taking me to school and doing her regular job. So she had a sense of wanting to have more, but she never had a true opportunity. And then when she moved here, she pretty much like started back at ground zero. And so, you know, like that, even though she never taught me the lessons, you know, she still taught me a lot because of that. And I understood that she just didn't have the extra in order to be able to do the things that I'm able to do, you know, now. Yeah. So, but, but you're right. We don't have conversations about money. You typically don't. We don't have conversations around money, but you bring up a really great point that there are a lot of things that we learn indirectly about, mm -hmm. money, right? And some of those things can be fantastic, right? The resourcefulness, the hustle, the multiple streams of income, right? Like the, there are some fantastic things that you can learn, but also the indirect things that we learn can also be harmful, and what we don't realize is that our money relationship, our money story is actually formed between the ages of seven and 10. So can you imagine, think back to where you were around seven and 10 years old and what type of conversations and what type of feelings was there? Did it seem like money was abundant or did it seem like it was very scarce? The other thing that I love that you said that brings this to mind is um, so we have these different relationships with money that determines our, um, that sort of determines uh, our patterns that we end up having with money. But one thing that you said, which is what happened with me, because my parents didn't have a lot of extra, right? We had, we never went without a, without a roof over our head. We always had a meal, right? It was always something to eat. Um, but I didn't know what to do with the extra, so in my mind, I thought I was doing good with money. I was like, I could pay my bills on time. <laughs> like, I don't have credit card debt. And so I thought I was doing really good with money. And I was like, okay, so you pay your bills and then you could spend it on whatever you want. And that is true. You could. But if you do it that way, you're going to have to continue to work. And you're going to have to continue to do that in order to fund your lifestyle. 
And so it might seem so simple and there might be some people listening, be like, well, why didn't you just save? Well, I did save something. It wasn't that I didn't save anything, right? I put my $25 aside, my $50 aside, maybe $100 aside. But and then I spent everything else because I just didn't know what else to do. What was I saving for? Right. And I think this is something that I work with my one on one clients on. Right. Because if you don't have a clear path or purpose for why you're doing certain things, it can be very sort of demotivating. (laughs) It's not very motivating when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm saving. It's like the saving for what? Right. Or I'm trying to pay off debt. Okay, great. But why? And so we need to get really crystal clear about why is it that we're choosing the certain the certain uh paths or or want to reach certain milestones and when you can figure out what is the milestone that you're trying to reach and why then you got a great plan no totally yeah absolutely yeah it's um it's funny because you know like so some people listening to this uh, are going to be colleagues of mine right so you know these are the people that did not have the opportunity to make any money during their twenties, sometimes even through their thirties. Right. So didn't start getting incomes until like mm, mid thirties. <laughs> right. well, so it's a little different as there's, it, there's another, another layer to that because of the depravity, right? Not, I don't want to say the depravity, but like you're, you have, yeah. I mean, you've been deprived. You've been deprived of something for a long time, like over 10 years and then you are given the thing and you have to make a choice. Like I went to medical school a long time ago, like almost 20 years ago. So like for me, you know, medical school didn't cost that much, but for those who are coming out like now, you know, or even within the last decade or so, it's a lot of money. And so they had to take out loans in order to cover that. And so they have not only like given up their twenties and early thirties, for this craft, um, they've also incurred a ridiculous amount of debt trying to attain the goal. And so they come out and they get their first, you know, first pay, first real job, first real paycheck. And it's hard because they have to reconcile between paying a good amount of money or being aggressive towards the goal of paying off the loans, which is challenging, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a big difference between like owing 80,000 and owing, you know, 700,000. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's an additional layer that people who are listening to this may have. So I just wanted to put that out there. No. And I love this point, right? Because one of the, um, so even if in their twenties, they weren't able to spend the money in the way that they had, because there was very little income coming in or maybe nothing, right? Not only is there no income coming in, but you're also accumulating debt. Now, I want to say one of the things that I think people can misunderstand is that when you have, when you're trying to get healthy on your financial wellness journey, it's not about deprivation, right? This isn't about saying, okay, you need to be 100% debt free and focus on that. And you can't have any fun and you can't go out to eat and you can't travel. It's really about finding balance. So I work with clients who have six figures of student loan debt. And guess what? They're not, they're not earning a six figure salary, right? So if they were to focus solely on paying off this debt without funding the other things that need to be funded, like creating savings, uh, a saving cash cushion, right? Being able to build wealth, 
they're, it's going to take them a really long time to catch up. And so, yes, there may be some uh, um, people who may be listening who say, okay, yeah, I don't have $80,000 of debt. I have five, you know, 500,000 or $700,000 of debt. And of course that is a tall order. Now I will say most physicians tend to make more money than like $60,000, but it's also, again, not about um, it's really not about the, de- the deprivation. It's about really finding balance, right? How can you live your best life today, a really full life today without forfeiting what you're going to need in the future? And today you may love what you're doing, right? Um, I still love the career path that I chose, but I also love more that if at any point I wanted to shift, if at any point I wanted to pause, I and financially independent in order to do so. And so there's some really great uh, things that we can learn from that, right? Really get intentional about how you're spending your money and how you're using your money. I know for me, one of the things that I had to really be honest with myself was I was spending money on things I didn't even care about, right? I was like buying out lunch here, going out, doing this. And I didn't even like remember it the next week. And I said, you know what? There's certain things that are really important to me and I want to spend money on that. And so what I did was that I spent lavishly on those things, but on all those wallet leaks, on all those sort of budget leaks, right? The the places that were kind of stealing money from me, I said, I'm going to be really intentional and I'm going to be intentional about how I spend money how I save money, and how I build wealth. And I think that that is the most important thing. And again, yes, when you think about, okay, how can I save my first six figures? How can I pay off my first six figures? It can seem like a really tall task. It can seem really overwhelming, but really taking, having a clear path on how to do that and also the why. Why is it important to you? Once you're really clear on that, everything else will fall into place. Now that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. It's, um, it's a funny thing that you say that because, um, the whole thing about not depriving yourself as you're on the journey. I mean, that is, uh, that is so true, right? Because if you're unhappy doing the thing, you're not, you're not going to be motivated to continue and you're not going to have that consistency necessary in order to achieve the goal. Right. I mean, we do do things in our lives that make us unhappy for the short term because we know that there is going to be a long-term gain associated with it. You know, I'm talking about residency, (laughs) but, but, but I mean, even though there were moments of like, you know, dismay, not, I want to say dismay, but moments of there were low points in there. Um, there were still a lot of high points, right? Because you're, you're, you're getting to that point where you feel more, confident in the skill set and you're getting to that point where you're more confident when you're on your own that you have the tools that you need so even the low points are nullified by the fact that you're getting what you need in order to to be successful so you know it's like perspective right you know you can you can become a robot right you can become this person that it's all about the goal. It's nothing but the goal. I'm going to get, get to the goal. And you, you, you dismiss every single thing else that made you amazing before you set out to this goal. And at the end, when you achieve the goal, it's like a big letdown because you don't, you, you, you lost yourself uh, along the way. So I see 
like getting to financial independence, I see that the very same way, you know, and the description that I was just giving was of the medical journey, right? And that was the description I was giving because, you know, what happens is at the very beginning, you are this Renaissance person. You were into all of these clubs. You, you did well in school. You played sports. You were doing all these things. You were this well-rounded person that, was attractive to the school that you applied to, to medical school. And then you get into the medical school and then you don't do all those things that made you amazing, an amazing candidate. You start focusing only on medicine and it just narrows as you progress. So it narrows as you go into residency and it just keeps narrowing and you lose yourself along the way. And so that's what a lot happened to a lot of people. Like they get done and they have reached the goal, but they have lost who they are or were and they have no fallback. Right. And so this, I'm telling you this because, and I'm saying this because it plays into the whole mindset towards being able to have a choice and having financial freedom. So what happens is you don't realize that if you just tapped into joy as you were going along, you wouldn't be at, you know, mid-career and having like major, major, major burnout because you would have been diversifying yourself all along the way. And you also would not be trapped by the platinum handcuffs or golden handcuffs, whatever they call them, because you would have been thinking about how can you use the gifts that you're given to make sure that you have a choice in the future and that you're not locked in for 70 years as a physician, right? Because, which is what was the old school way, right? The old school way was, and my, mind you, when this was implemented and when this was the way, the medical education didn't cost as much as it did. Right. It was like you could go to city college and then, you know, go to like med school and be paying like a thousand or two thousand dollars. And you could pay that back within your first year of working and not have to worry. So you'd be working pretty much debt free for the rest. Now it's a different ball game, And so people haven't really adjusted because they are somewhat unaware of the reality of it. And, you know, people within the field try their very best to educate, but I think that because when we're going through training, we are so much with blinders on that we don't appreciate that, that advice coming our way. And a lot of people, you know, even though, you know, they know that they have this, this anvil of, of debt hanging over them, they just, they just get overwhelmed and they just forget about it. And they don't look to what you recommended, which is, you know, as you're doing it, it's not an insurmountable task, Kath, uh, uh, insurmountable task. You can do it. It just takes having a good plan. And during the journey of that plan, not punishing yourself, because then you're not going to be consistent. You're not going to get to the goal. So that's the thing that's kind of complicated about, you know, the process, you know, and how people unfortunately end up in the field. Yeah, I, this happens to a lot of people in a lot of different career fields, right? I could only imagine what it's like for a physician, but a lot of us have done the good thing, right? We went to high school, we went to college, we go out and get ourselves a good career, a good job. And then it's like, then what? right? 
Um, and it's kind of, again, sort of that old way, uh, you know, that old school way of thinking, as you said, where it's like, now you, you're sort of stuck here for the next 20, 30 to 40 years. I like to talk a lot about early retirement and being work optional. And you would be surprised at how many people are like, yeah, what are you going to do at the age of 40? Right. <laughs> you're just gonna, you're there's just plenty, gonna, like, not do anything. but I think what you said is the point, right. Mm-hmm. Which is you can't lose yourself. If you can't imagine if right now you had enough money to sustain your lifestyle, to live your lifestyle, and you can't figure out what to do, then you've lost yourself, right? You forgot what the, what are the things that you are passionate about? It's not about never earning money. It's not about, like I said, sitting on a beach with a little umbrella drink and not doing anything. If you want to do that, fine. I think most of us want to be productive in one way or another, but we want to be able to choose when and how we do that, right? We want to be Absolutely. able to make sure that we feel that financial security, make sure we're taken care of, make sure that the people we love and care about are taken care of, but also make sure that we have more control over our time. And I think it's so important to not to lose yourself, to really sort of rediscover yourself. And it can feel like, well, when am I going to have time to do that? If I'm working, you know, um, around the clock, when am I going to be able to do that and also start a family and do all of the things that I need to do. But I think this is why financial independence is so important because when you are financially free, you're not doing it because you need the money right? You're doing it because you want to do it. You're doing it because it's enjoyable to you. And if you needed a break, you needed a sabbatical, guess what? You're able to do that. Um, So this is why it's so important when we're talking about um, uh, finances, it can feel very jargon filled. It can feel very like, you know, I don't blame somebody who, you know, who sort of rolls their eyes when somebody's talking about like a 401k or a 403b or retirement plans. And they're like, what in the world are you talking about? Because it can feel very complicated, but it doesn't have to be that way. There's decisions that you can make today that can help you leverage the income you're making now in order to buy your freedom at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, it's Dr. G, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. So you have to tell us how, um, so you told us a little bit about your, 
you know, your background and your upbringing and how, you know, the, the patterns of money handling in your home affected you. Was there ever any moment where you were feeling fear, had to overcome fear in this journey? Oh yeah. Many times. Um, I will say the scariest part was when I go back and think about, you know, again, I, I really enjoyed the career path that I chose, but the work environment had gotten a little toxic and it felt very out of my control that there wasn't a whole lot that I could do about it. And so I was very fearful that that was what my life was going to look like for the next 10, 20, mm. 30 years. And that was when I realized that I needed to do something because it wasn't as simple as, well, just go switch your jobs. I was like, well, what about if the same thing happens there, <laughs> right? Like we can't control how other people act or what the rules are, what the work environment is like. And so that was when I really kind of got worried and I got scared and it felt a little hopeless. And so it was at mm -hmm. that point that I realized, okay, I need to learn what is it that I'm missing? What, what am I not doing right? Um, it came to a point that I was making six figures. And again, I didn't have a whole lot to show for it. I was like, I, I was paying my bills and then spending all the money that I made. And I was like, okay, I need to be doing something different. What am I missing? And so I started on that journey, which was first, I needed to, you know, really learn the things that they don't teach us in high school or college or even afterwards, right? Some of my clients are CPAs, have a, a, a degrees in finance. They could read a financial analysis report, but have no idea how to manage their own money because we're not really taught this stuff. And I like to say, yes, there's math involved in, um, there's math involved in finances, but it's not all about the math. Your mindset is so important. And really, I know it can sound a little woo woo, right? When we're talking about money mindset, but your relationship with money really affects how we interact with it, right? How we spend it, how we save it, how we use it. And so I think that is really, really important. And so it's kind of, I really want to demystify this because there are some people who say, well, I've always been bad with math. And I'm like, Math and money have very little to do with each other, right? It's really about your relationship. So it's math. Uh, it's the mindset over the math problem. Um, the math is easy. If it was only about math, everybody would get this, but it's so much more complicated than that. So I would say my greatest fear that I overcame, like that I really in confronted was thinking that that was going to be my life, that I was going to be going to a job and dependent on a paycheck and have to sort of live under the works conditions that somebody else set out for me. And so that was when I realized I had to do something different. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. <laughs> that is real. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh boy. You know, so uh, you have to let us know now how people can get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Wally Miller. You can find me at my website, which is financiallythriving.com. You can go there to download a free financial wellness roadmap. It talks uh, through some of those sort of questions to begin to discover what type of relationship you have with money. I only work one-on-one -on -one with clients. I know there's group coaching and courses out there, but what I find is that money is so personal that working one-on-one -on -one with my clients seems to work out best. And it's really about, again, figuring out a spending plan that works for you, 
figuring out the steps and um, milestones you want to achieve with saving and then really getting started with investing. This isn't about, um, I know you do trading. This isn't even about yes. trading. Um, I like more long-term investments. I'm a more passive approach. I don't have time to look at charts, um, but this is something um, not only just me and my husband, like there's plenty of people out there who've been able to really build wealth um, in a more passive way. And uh, my husband and I, we started on what's called the fire journey. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, everybody, they know about what fire is, yeah. Yeah, so it's financial independence, retire early. I think the FIRE community or the FIRE movement gets a bad rap because people are like, oh, I'm not going to eat rice and beans. for." Look, I don't do that either, right? I am totally- No, nobody I know who is in FIRE does that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally um, not about deprivation, right? I want to live a full life now. I want to live a really um, rich life today but also uh, creating that freedom and that path to freedom. And so I think if people just realize you have much more power to control how much Mm -hmm. freedom you have and how much wealth you can build, not just for yourself, right? But it's also about like, you know, one of the, the things my husband and I have done is we built, we have built wealth for ourselves. We started on this journey in 2015, we hit a million dollars in our stock portfolio at the end of last year. It's a little awesome. Right now. Yeah, it's I know. I know. Down, right? Yeah, but oh. but it's something that continues. I mean, it's it goes is up and down. It was down in 2009 yeah. or whatever it was. So yeah. save deal. And, and this is right. This is a very a normal cycle of the market. But I say all of this because in 2015, this wasn't. I, I mentioned that I made six figures, but my husband's never made six figures, right? So we've okay. been able to do this on, um, on especially if your audience is my primarily uh, physicians, we're able to do this on less than what you make on your own. And we've been able to do this, right? So I think it's really important to just get a really clear plan set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll be surprised what will happen um, when you look, five, 10, 15 years from now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's real. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't just trade. I mean, I have socks too, <laughs> but I also have, I uh, like I you know, said, I have I other, mean- I have other, other investments that, that grow also passively. Like, so yes, <laughs> um, it's good to have multiple things that are going to, um, to pay you off, you know, pay you in the long run. So yeah, yeah not true. I think again, it's one of like, I don't know about you, but when anybody talked to me about the stock market, to me, it was gambling. I was like, what's the difference between going to Las Vegas and like putting money in the stock market? Cause I hear people all the time crying about how they lost money in the stock market. And I'm like, yeah, there's a way to speculate. <laughs> there's a way to do things where it is gambling, but it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Um, and there's, you know, if you look at the the history of the stock market, not over what's happened in the last six months, right? We have to look at the bigger picture. What's happened over the last five years, 10 years, 40 years in the stock market and sort of think about that. And like I said, I, I like a more, I, I'm more of a, a index fund investor. I'm more of a passive mm-hmm. investor rather than trying to figure out individual companies. But my husband loves a more active investing, right? Like he enjoys it because it's fun for him. Um, but I think again, if we can really figure out how can I leverage the income that I'm making right now 
to change a whole family legacy, right? Oh, yeah. That's what gets me excited. It's like, okay, great. Me and my husband are good, but wait a minute. I could use the same principles I'm learning, the same things that I'm learning about building my wealth to make sure that my parents have a good retirement, right? Because they didn't have jobs that necessarily always offered retirement plans, right? And even though they've never said, oh, you are my retirement plan, it's like, who's going to take care of mom and dad, right? And a lot of that, especially us first gen, right? It falls to us so many times. And so if we can really learn how to build wealth, how to provide that financial security, and then again, then go beyond just financial security and really financially thrive, like you can do it, particularly if you are a high income earner. I think one of the misnomers that high income earners, because this was me, right? It's like, okay, well, I have more, I make more money so I could spend more money. And it's mm. like, true, right? That's true. <laughs> but you can also be building more wealth in a more accelerated path. Oh yeah, so that it's faster. You, yeah, and also so that you can fund your freedom. You're giving yourself options. If you want to be a doctor, a teacher, a fireman, a police officer for the next 30 to 40 years, awesome. But what happens if that's not the case 10 years from now? Do you have a way out? And that is what I like to, to teach my clients, right? It's like, just, per, just have a way out. So if something happens, you have a way to continue having a roof over your head, food on the table, keep your same lifestyle expenses, but have more freedom over your time, right? There might even be some people who, even if you're a physician, you're like, you know what? I just want to have a little tiny practice, but if I do that little tiny practice, I ain't going to make no money, right? But that is something you're passionate about because you want to give to the community. So imagine if you funded a way using the, the, the income that you're making right now, you could fund a way to have that passion project without caring about what the money is because you've done the work and you've taken the steps to do that. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, uh, it's real. It's definitely very, very, very real and doable for everybody, you know? So, um, I could, I mean, I could totally see on both spectrums, you know, the people who are high income, we're like, Oh my God, I can't see myself doing it. And then the people who are, you know, middle income or even low income who may be like, that's impossible for me, you know, and it's, it's, it's always going to be possible. I mean, you hear, you do hear stories of people who make like, you know, 30 or $40,000 a year. And then they're able to acquire wealth just based on what they do with that money. So it's not the amount of money that you're given. It's how you steward that money. Right. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. And I love that you said that it's based on your why, because I think that in everything that we do that requires mindset and, you know, even investing requires mindset, like trading requires a lot of mindset, by the way, <laughs> it's like 90% mindset and 10% skill. But you know, like in anything that we do where there is money involved, or there is change involved, it's always going to rely heavily on your why and your mindset. Um, those are the things that are going to be the most powerful drivers towards success in that area. So yeah, no, I love that. I love that you say that. And um, yeah, the why is super, super important. And it's it's the thing that's going to help you to, to get the most out of everything that you do, really. So this is no different. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think it's really important to that, you know, having a, a clear vision of what you want your life to look like and why it's important to you is going to be that motivating factor. One of the exercises that I have my clients do is that a vision board. I know that sounds, again, kind of very weird. And that vision board can change. But it's so important to have a visual reminder of what it is that you want to accomplish, right? Why, you know, why those things are important to you. I have uh, some of my clients will create like a, um, a desktop wallpaper for their computer, right? So every time they open up see their laptop, all the time. they can see mm-hmm. it, right? Other people use the old school, you know, scissors and magazines and mm-hmm. they create that. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to have that visual representation. And it's also a very hard thing to do. Because if you've never really sat down to think about what it is that you really enjoy and what it is that you really want, it can be hard. And like you said, there's so many things that happen in our lives that we can also lose what we are excited and passionate about. And sometimes we have to rediscover that, those things. And sometimes those things change, right? What you may have been passionate about five years ago may not necessarily be the same thing. But there is something that is going to fuel you and motivate you. And so honing in to what those things are, that is really important. It's key. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been such a great conversation, Wally. You know, um, it's, it's so much food for thought. And I, I know that people are going to reach out to you because you have such a very positive energy and you know, I, I just know that's going to happen. So, you know, the thing is that we have this, uh, we have this tradition on the show and it is the fill in the blanks. And my question to you is, are you ready for fill in the blanks? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Cool. All right, here we go. If I am fearless, I will. Be able to make sure my dreams come true. Love it. Love it. To me, fearless freedom means. I'm a financial coach, so I got to bring it back to money. Um, To me, fearless means being able to never have to worry about money. Awesome. And then last but not least, my battle cry is. Oh, I love this. But I've said this probably a couple times already, but it's really a not about financial survival. I want you to financially thrive. So that is my battle cry. I want to financially thrive. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to share all of the amazing nuggets that you shared with the audience, because I feel like, you know, there's always someone who needed to hear what your message was, right? So there's always somebody out there who was needing that today. And so I thank you for sharing your heart and your skill set with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. So if you want to DM me or follow me there, it's financially underscore thriving, but you can also go to my website, financiallythriving.com. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Awesome. 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 Awesome.